0: uh hey y'all um what's going on Woo. um it feels like i've been gone a lot longer than i have right like it is crazy how a week can feel like a whole month and a half right <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of ground to cover on this episode. It's a hot girl summer and my fat ass is unprepared as always. Um, we're going to touch on the black mermaid that divided America. The Straits have irked my soul to the core and I'm going to tell you why. And although pride is over, you should still have pride throughout the year and I'm going to tell you why. Um, let's get into it. Hey, y'all. And welcome back to another episode of Reckless Digest. I am your host, Patrick Coda, also known as Hot Boy Pat, but not in your father's phone because he said he don't support hot girl summer. Oh, well, whatever. Moving on. Welcome back. Um, It's been a little minute, huh? Well, a big minute, actually. A couple of big minutes. Several particularly large minutes. Anyway, I'm back. Let's hop right into the icebreaker segment. Let's not not waste any time with that. Um, so since the last episode, not a lot has really happened. Um, I've mostly just been extremely busy working. I started my position that I was promoted for. I'm actually doing it now. It's stressful. Um, I don't know anything. And I hate being in that position. But uh, the position of not knowing stuff, not in the position. So that's been happening. Um And not a whole lot has happened other than just being really busy, stressed and depressed. (laughs) My depression has flared up in a really bad way just from a lot of different stress factors that are going on in my life. And with my depression, it doesn't always come in the vein of like sadness or just being down. Sometimes I'm just angry for no fucking reason. And I don't know why. Sometimes I'm really uninspired, or unproductive. I have no desire to do things that I love and I don't know why. Sometimes I have all these things going around um, or different things that I know that I need to do and instead of doing that, I'll just spend the day doing nothing or I'll just sit in my bed and do nothing. It'll feel like I'm weighed down by all these different things and I can't move. So it's been different bits and pieces like that in regards to my depression that I've had to, to fight through, kind of, sort of, to get back to doing the things that I love and that I enjoy and that people want me to do. I've actually had people reach out to me multiple times and be like, bitch, where the fuck is your podcast? So I'm going to try. I really am. And I apologize. I'm going to try to be more consistent with the episodes. I really want to say that the next episode, um, don't hold me to it, but we're going to hopefully shoot for mid August for the next episode to come out. Not October. (laughs) That is the plan. Um, other than that, nothing else has really happened. Um, um Actually, something exciting did happen. Um, I don't know if y'all know Megan Thee Stallion. She's this new um, super bomb popping female rapper. Um, a few weeks ago, she galloped into my DMs and said, hey, bitch, did you know that you're shaped like a dented bowling ball? What the fuck are you doing with your life? Shut up, bitch, because I know that you don't know. Get away, strainer, and get snatched. You got till next summer. Ah. Now, I don't know why Megan came at me exercise ways like that. But what I do know is that I went ahead and got that waist trainer. So I'm going to try to attempt to get my diet and exercise together and get snatched by next summer. Now, granted, the waist trainer is killing me. There's been several times where I've had to have somebody help me up from the couch because I can't physically move using the restroom in it is impossible. Bending down to get things into it, it, get things is next to impossible. It's just it's really inconvenient. It's largely uncomfortable. But God damn it, bitch, if I don't look so good up in this waist tray, I I'm so snatched. Like somebody needs to put out an amber alert for me because I am they snatched me. I'm so snatched right now. I'm wearing it right now. I can't breathe. But I look so good. Oh my gosh. Um And because there's absolutely no reason why I shouldn't have scammed a down low rapper nigga or an athlete at this point. All the gays out here are being secrets, but me like where's my private car service and backdoor entrance? Where is my separate luxury hotel on a different floor? Where is my NDA? Don't I deserve, don't I deserve nice things and to be a secret? But anyway, um, let's move on into our top five playlist for this episode. Now, I want to first give a few honorable mentions since I have way more than five songs that I'm currently in love with. It has been a long time. So, Shout out to We're Everywhere by Korean artist Cheese. Super, super bomb slice of Korean R&B. I really, really love the song. Very 80s. Very nice. I like it. Um, shout out to Cash Shit by Megan Thee Stallion. It's a ratchet bop. I live for it. Um, Fancy by Twice, which was honestly a surprise bop that I did not know it was going to be. Shout out to Twice. And Sugar Free by Riri, which was the feel-good... Um, self-love song that i did not know that i needed until i got it so let's get into the actual top five for the episode number five is going to be thinking about me or think of is it thinking about you think about me i think it's Think about me by chloe and Haley holly is it holly but also who knew by chloe and holly um because i like both the songs equally now Chloe and Holly's sound hasn't really done it for me, minus a few songs here and there. But these two songs in particular are both bomb. And I think they're finally starting to like find their footing in a sound that works for them. And it's also current enough to like garner public attention. And of course, vocals. Um, Number four, Riri Honey. Now, Riri is a Japanese singer who I've been keeping up with for like two years now. And this song was just okay to me initially. Like it wasn't anything like super jaw-dropping or anything. It was like a generic slice of just regular pop music to me. But it grew on me seemingly out of nowhere. And I really love it now. It's a really great slice of summertime pop. You know, something fun, something catchy. And Homegirl sings. Um, Number three, also Riri, um, Love, Love. This song is catchy as fuck. I've had it on repeat for several several weeks. It goes the fuck off in the speakers. Um and it's only recently died down for me like playback wise. The beat and the production are both really really great and it's a light like flowy sound to it. I like it. I really like it. Um number 2, Megan the Stallion running up freestyle. Now let me tell you something, bitch. I love Megan the Stallion. I love her. I have been keeping up with her from the shadows ever since her styley freestyle and this freestyle might be even better than that one and i love that one she went the fuck off and rolled the beat in such an aggressive way and i loved it especially because megan in regards to her lyrics i really like that she writes her own stuff but a lot of it can be a tad repetitive so i really like that she was a little bit more what is the word i'm looking for she was a little bit more lyrical with her delivery and her like wordplay and things like that i enjoyed it and number one megan the stallion Reeler. now let me say this while i love megan the stallion i am not a fan of rap at all there are exceptions of course but it doesn't find its way into my playlist regularly i prefer stuff with more like melody more melody focused music megan has infiltrated my whole everything I have listened to this song more times than there are roles on my body, and I am 90% roll. Again, the aggressiveness, the cockiness, the sexiness of it. It's all everything. That first say nigga automatically makes me want to fight. And I don't know why. I'd be ready to elbow imaginary bitches everywhere. It's I love the song. Also, if you haven't already, give Megan's um fever ep a listen. Now, at the beginning, I was the slightest bit underwhelmed because all the songs seemed to basically be about the same thing. And I was like, damn, Megan, this is the this is the sixth song I didn't heard about shaking ass and disrespecting these niggas and tricking these niggas and drinking Henny out the bottle. Can I get something with a little bit more lyrical depth? But once I stepped back and approached it as what it's supposed to be, which is a fun record to get hype on during the summer, you're out at the club, you're getting ready to go out to the club. I was actually able to enjoy it a lot more. And it's pretty consistent and it's a fun record. But that's going to do it for the top five playlist as always the links to the songs i mentioned here will all be in the description tab and if you're listening on an app other than anchor spotify google Podcasts, whatever the links should be clickable to go ahead and give your ears an early christmas present you know bless yourself let's go ahead and move on Alrighty, we are going to go ahead and hop right into our very first segment, which is going to be thank you, I love you, fuck you. Um, I have a few this episode. So first... I want to start off by saying thank you to my previous co-worker and work friend who I'll abbreviate as MT for privacy reasons. Now, my girl no longer works at my job anymore. And even though I was blindsided in the process, and even though I know there's probably some underhanded backwards fuck shit involving why my job did whatever they did, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to know and experience you for the time that I did. You were one of the reasons why I even stayed at this job because I had all the plans to get the fuck up out this bitch, um, but I didn't and I wish you every bit of luck the universe can muster in your new life journey and I'm to miss you. Um, I also want to say thank you to everybody involved in the creation and presentation of the upcoming A Black Lady Sketch Show show. Um, just from the trailer alone, I saw Quinta. I saw Yvonne Orji and Issa Rae from Insecure. I saw Angela Bassett. I saw Laverne Cox, Tia Mori, Patti LaBelle, and just a whole bunch more. A beautiful, glistening, glowing black woman full of talent. And on top of that y'all had the nerve to have Megan be the background music I don't think I have ever been so enamored by a trailer and HBO is really trying to get me invested enough to pay that $14.99 a month now I'm not gonna but I'm sure gonna you know make that trailer pop that very first episode when it premieres oh that's gonna pop it's gonna go off because I'm gonna go ahead and get that um that free trial yeah might go ahead and finish season three of Insecure too um Anyway, the show looks great and funny as hell, and I'm excited. Also, thanks so much to California for this hot ass fucking weather and the fact that it's been the whole state has been basically preheating at 450 degrees for the last month and a half. Thanks, appreciate that. Love stepping outside my house and immediately sweating. I love it. I live for it. Um, I want to say I love you to none other than Megan the Stallion who on top of being this just Authentic, genuine, funny as hell individual who likes anime, promotes real bodies, and writing your own music and cleaning up the beat the beaches. I'm gonna say cleaning up the bitches. That too, but cleaning up beaches and um helping with the environment. She has given me the strength to finally start putting these niggas under my feet where they're supposed to be. And she's amassed a movement around herself and her music so quickly and it's only based off of her music. And I'm so happy for her and ready to see what's next. I also want to say I love you to my mother, who I neglected to mention, accepted a position in Japan earlier this year. And she finally fled the country a few weeks ago. I'm super proud of you and happy for you. And I know you're going to do great in your new position, like always. Um, see you soon. And now let's go ahead and move into the fuck yous. Um So I want to give a quick drive by fuck you to any and everybody who is mad about Holly Bailey being cast as Lord, I almost said in the Black Mermaid. (laughs) That is not the name of the movie. Oh, hell, it might as well be. But nah, being cast as Ariel in the Little Mermaid, I'm going to save the entirety of what I have to say for talking points. But just know that you bitches can be mad. You can stay mad. You can die mad and you can pass that generational curse on to your next of kin so they can also be mad about it you can hop in the grave right now with a frown on your face and i won't care that's all i have for y'all right now um i actually don't have a whole lot of fuck yous this week the only other fuck you that i have is a very very highly flaming gay fuck you to mark sahady who is this right wing Trump supporting dumbass who is attempting to organize a straight pride parade in Boston at the end of August in a, an attempt to quote mock identity politics? Now, the article for this popped up in my news feed unexpectedly. And when I tell you, I have never been so ready to just fight. And I'm so glad that Megan Thee Stallion's music has been inserted into my life in the time that it has been because now I have all these bops, all these super all this super poppin' music to beat a bitch's ass to. And in this moment, it fit so perfectly because I instantly wanted to throw elbows at a bitch's upper lip because why? What is the point, straight people? What what was the reason? Like I I just oh I don't understand and it. it's really it's really frustrating and upsetting. I just I would just like to know a valid reason for why because mocking identity politics is just it's it's a stupid reason to me and it's frustrating in the same way that whenever february comes around and i have to hear about why white history month isn't a thing and how it'd be racist if there was a white entertainment television which i'm not even going to get into in this episode because this fuck you will turn into something else fucking around with y'all dumbasses whether you agree with Pride Month and Pride Parades or not, they serve a purpose, an actual purpose. Now, I don't even go to Pride Parades because it's not particularly my scene. Um, It's too many damn people around. I just, it's, it's not for me. However, even in that same vein, I still know that it's meant to celebrate gay, lesbian, bi, trans, and queer people in a safe space within a world that is inherently not safe for them it's meant to celebrate the fact that they are able to experience that moment in that safe space because they are alive period like do you know how many lgbt lgbt people don't even make it out of their teens because of the bullying they experience in this country and in the world like, do you know how much higher suicide rates are for LGBT youth and adults? Like, I feel like I've talked about this before. I think I talked about this whenever I mentioned Dwayne Wade's son. Like, I've legit been bullied my entire life as a result of being gay. I remember high school being absolute hell because of it. It was so bad that I can't even remember a lot of it because I blocked out so much mentally. Like, my first year of community college I distinctly remember because unfortunately I I, I can't block out all of it I distinctly remember being taunted damn near every single day like notes being left side left outside of my door well technically the dumbasses left it on the door next to mine which was hilarious um People randomly yelling at me as I walked to class and taunting me. Somebody threw a whole fucking styrofoam cup with liquid in it in my direction that almost hit me while I was just walking to class. And at one point, I remember being in a parking lot surrounded by like 15 football players who taunted me and said all these horrible, terrible things about me as I was walking to a performance, because I majored in music in community college. And at one point, I, at that point, I remember thinking that that was the day that I was going to get gay bashed. Like, I was like, these people are going to beat my ass. This is the day that I'm going to, you know, get beat the fuck up just because I'm gay. So gay pride is for people like me, people who've decided to wake up and be not only black in this world, but also have the gall to be gay. Um, people who've decided to keep breathing even though people hate them simply because they are breathing. So for you, in your case, what is the point, straight people? What are you celebrating in particular? What are you proud of? The fact that all the laws that denigrate, abuse, and repress people in this country and the world are signed and officiated largely by by y'all, the fact that y'all have weaponized almost every religion in the world, explain to me. Help me to understand. And I've seen a lot of people trying to justify this by, listening, all these different reasons straight people or these different ways that straight people are, are bullied for being straight. Literally, literally, nobody, nobody, nobody is bullying you for being straight nobody is screaming you goddamn immoral straights and pelting you with tomatoes as you walk down the street don't tell me about people judging you for being christian don't tell me about people judging you for voting for donald trump don't tell me about someone judging you for saying all lives matter none of that has anything to do with your sexuality nobody cares about who you're sleeping with or the thought of who you're sleeping with people judge you for all those um reasons because There's it's stupid. A lot of those things that I just mentioned, they're stupid and there's gay people that fall into those same exact stupid reasons, but it's not because you're straight gay people are judged for all the things that i listed and for the fact that they exist nobody's judging straight people for just existing and in a world where you can travel freely where whole countries don't have bans on heterosexuality where you are the majority in population media politics and any other form of anything it honestly just feels like straight people are throwing a tantrum and saying well what about me and my needs and instead of y'all niggas adding to the conversation and making the necessary steps in society and legislation for us to get to a point where at the question, why does there need to be a gay pride is valid. Y'all are taken away from the conversation in an attempt to take up more space at the table that y'all already occupy the majority of the space at. Like you bitches honestly disgust me. You make me sick and hell is not hot enough to melt the evil out of y'all hearts. Fuck y'all for real. I mean it. Woo, child, I am tired. Um, let's move along and quickly. All righty. Well, I needed a quick second to breathe, and now that I have, we're gonna go ahead and move right into our next segment. Which I know I said on popular opinions was gonna be in this episode, but I lied. It's actually gonna be pet peeves. I'm not offering any other explanation. We're gonna go ahead and get right into it. I only have a few. Um, number one, depression. My depression in particular. Um. Sis, you're a bitch, and that's really all I wanted to mention. Um, you've been a nagging pet peeve, like, my whole entire life, and you still are. You've been around much more than usual lately, and I'm really over you and your shit, and we're packing you up real soon. Look forward to it. Um, number two, niggas who are 5'7". I just, just... stop being childish and grow the fuck up, literally and figuratively. Like, I... uh Now, I will acknowledge the fact that this is probably extremely petty and inconsequential. It probably has nothing to do with how they are as people. It probably hints at nothing of their, like, personality traits and characteristics as a person. And mid-key, it promotes promotes heightism um, and makes me a heightist. Both words that I discovered existed today. Um, And niggas will probably use this to argue down, like, colorism and other problematic things. But... The segment is called Pet Peeves for a reason, and I acknowledge that this pet peeve might be slightly problematic. Anyway, anyone who's listened to this show for any length of time knows I have a preference, buzzword of the day, preference for tall niggas. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be like a super tall guy. Now, granted, I do like, you know, the aesthetics of dating like a tall ass, like moving, living, breathing tree, or a black baby giraffe. It's attractive to me. But I'm 5'8", which is about an inch under the national average for men. I'm not even saying you got to be like 6'2", but it'd be bomb if you were like, like 5'9", or 5'10", or hell, you could be like 5'8 and a half. Just be taller than me. But I feel like, niggas that are five seven are that height to like purposely taunt me like my heart drops every time I see a cute guy on plenty of fish and then I check his height and it's five seven granted this probably wouldn't be a noticeable difference in height in person and like I said probably doesn't play into like their personality or their characteristics as a person however I see it on your profile so bitch now I know that you're shorter than me and it makes me feel some type of way and like It's not necessarily that I won't date short men because I have dated somebody that's shorter than me in the past and that nigga was trash. And maybe this is why I have a slight bias against short men and why I sometimes say that short men are nine times out of ten trash because they're shorter to the ground and closer to hell. But it's not all of them. And for me, I just feel like with all the trash niggas that I've come across in my years, once I find the one that I want to be with, I think I deserve to be able to look up to him figuratively and literally and I will allow y'all to be mad in peace if you choose um, number three straight niggas um, particularly straight niggas on dating apps particularly straight niggas on dating apps that are messaging me leave me the fuck alone um, I mentioned it in the earlier episodes I have been reattempting to give online dating or perusing another go and you niggas are making it really difficult now i know what you're thinking patrick why would a straight man be messaging you a gay or if they're messaging you on a dating app they're probably not straight far be it from me to take up for or explain anything in defense of straight men ever but for the sake of clarity i will hear So let's address that first. Now, sexuality off RIP is already very confusing and it fluctuates on a spectrum. Um, Sexual orientation is on that spectrum. And you basically have one side that leans towards attracted to men. You get further away from that towards the middle, meaning like bisexual or asexual. And then the other which is an attraction to women. Now, you take that largely confusing spectrum and then you add in societal pressures of what men are able to engage in sexually while maintaining their masculinity and heterosexuality and then you have straight men in my messages. I just, child... If it it really, if you sit down and think about it, it isn't entirely confusing. It's just if men were afforded like the same sexual freedom to be fluid and explore their sexuality like women, which is largely due to it being seen and viewed as a sexual king the pleasure of men but still if men had the same freedom to be sexually fluid you'd probably be surprised how many of these men would be turning up with niggas one day and then bitches the next i like society would have you believe that there's only two sexual orientations heterosexual and homosexual bisexual if you're feeling real progressive um and that And that basically you either fall on one side of the spectrum or the other. And there's no definite in between. But the real lifting on that is that most people aren't operating on like this. This is turning into something a lot more detailed than what I wanted it to be. But I'm about to wrap it up. I swear. Most people aren't operating as 100% straight or 100% gay. They're like in a gray area. And they're like maybe 80% gay or like 80% straight. But that 20% is still there. Like. It does not happen very often at all for me, but I have found myself like attracted to women um, every now and again. I can appreciate a pretty, a woman that's pretty or has a nice body and stuff like that. Um, Now, granted, I don't have, any emotional desire whatsoever to be with a woman. Um, so I'm aware that I'm still gay. The sexual desire is also not there 98% of the time. Um, Cause I'm a princess and I'm not about to compete with nobody to see who's the baddest bitch. Um, I also feel like it wouldn't necessarily translate well in the bedroom for me. On top of that, I also really feel like there's more bisexual people than anybody else in the world. So I, the point That's what we're getting to the point. Um, Even though these men identify as straight and primarily date and seek women, occasionally they may seek out sexual relationships with men. Now, the distinction between what makes them still straight and not gay, usually because a lot of these niggas be lying um, and are just gay or bisexual, is the fact that it's strictly physical and not emotional. What makes gay niggas gay is the fact that they love these niggas. They want to have emotional attachments, feelings and relationships with these niggas for straight men. It's usually entirely sexual. Like if I was to engage in something with a straight guy, which I have not, um, I would know that it would probably be strictly sexual. I wouldn't expect it to turn into anything more serious, no type of relationship, no real emotional attachment Um basically strictly sexual. I would be surprised if we were even friends or a cool past like planning or talking about sexual excursions. Now now granted one could argue in this case that a lot of gay niggas do the same thing and have no emotional attachments to these niggas that they're in the these streets with. Um and that's true. Regardless of sexual orientation, men are still men at the end of the day. Um but again, the distinction is that gay men If they decide to settle down, would nine times out of ten end up with a man? Because that's what they're attracted to emotionally. Same with straight men. They'll likely end up with a woman, but sometimes they'll have an itch, and we all know niggas will scratch with anything. So there's that. Um, Are some of these men possibly closeted gay and bisexual men, like I said before? Possibly, a lot of the times. But I do believe that a lot of them are straight. Um, and now that we've gone ahead and taken up half of my time explaining why these straight niggas are still straight, I also need you straight niggas to leave me the fuck alone expeditiously and uniformly. Um, now the first time that this happened, I remember thinking it was a mistake. Now, somebody looked at my profile and messaged me. So, before I usually respond back to a message, I'll look I like click on the profile and just look to see if they're like cute or if they're crazy. So I'm going through it and I'm like, oh wow, he's he's actually really cute. And oh bitch, he's tall as fuck, you <laughs> know, okay. And I'm seeking a, a woman. And so I'm like, oh, sweetheart, I'm a nigga. What are you doing over here? So I go to my message thinking, all right, well, he obviously messaged me accidentally. Um, and when I tell you this man sent me a message worded so eloquently and with such care, that I almost didn't know how to respond. Like, the effort, just... Like, gay niggas would never, and I don't understand why the amount of care that he displayed has never been shown to me by a gay man, somebody that's actually supposed to be emotionally attached to me. I just... My heart swelled. I just... I can't. So, Homeboy said, and I quote, is that ass fat? And I just... I remember being like, "Is this what real love is? Like, I is this what it looks like?" And I just, I can't, I really can't. And it has only gotten so much worse over time. I'm about to give y'all a whole, a whole lot more than I usually do. A much deeper look into my business that I normally would not. Um, and don't get comfortable because it won't become a normal thing. Like i kid you not over the span of the last month i've had three different niggas ask me to be their first gay experience a nigga attempted to pick me up and drive me out to a house he was sitting or like house sitting in la this big huge ass house um which is like an hour and a half away from where i live side note is every download nigga in the continental u.s in la because goddamn um a nigga with a girlfriend wanted me to dress up in lingerie and a wig. Um, I had a nigga ask me if I was a man or a woman. And while I may be shapely and pretty and bomb, I also look very much like a nigga. Um, a nigga who's a gang member hit me up. Um, and I nigga, I even had a nigga from prison reach out to me and ask me if I was willing to date a nigga in jail. <laughs> in jail, <laughs> And of course, 95% of the diggers are fine and 99% of them are 5'11 and up because the devil knows what to put in my drink to make me sip. Unfortunately for me, unfortunately, unfortunately for me and how I'm emotionally set up, which I've mentioned before on here, I'm unable to just hook up and have casual sex with people. I can't. Aside from the fact that I didn't even consider myself attractive like that until... A few years ago, um, I honestly thought I was out here looking like a whole bum bitch, but apparently I'm not. But um, despite that um, and realizing that I was apparently able to drag and pull niggas like I do, but I'm way too awkward, inexperienced, and I get way too attached to niggas way too quickly. Um, And 100% of the time when straight niggas message me, it is sexual. It's like what I was talking about earlier. There's no interest in emotional building or companionship other than maybe like being long-term friends with benefits or smoking buddies, which I'm not currently for. I don't want to lease a nigga I'm not going by and test driving is smart, but I'm good on it currently. Like that's not something I'm trying to do right now. Um, And they are literally just trying to fuck that's it and like if i was able to disconnect emotionally and just fuck on these niggas then i would probably have no issue i would probably be enjoying the fact that all these straight niggas are in my inbox because a lot of them are fine and a lot of them are tall like it's there's so many of them that are really attractive and fine it's not like a bunch of like ugly ass creepy ass straight guys they've all been fine Um, I could really have my hot girl summer like everybody else. I could be out here really enjoying and living my best life. And I've expressed this too on here as well about having like slight regrets on whether I'm wasting my youth and my 20s by not dating and being more free sexually. But I know I'm not gonna. (laughs) I know I'm not going to do that. I just I I can talk about it all day. I just know that I'm not going to be I'm not going to be that person. I already know. So in closing, straight men. Um, I need y'all to start engaging more with the women in your life. I'm not interested in being your gay first. I'm not interested in being your smoke homie. I'm not trying to come see you in East LA. I'm not driving to LA period. Um, I'm not sneaking in through the back entrance to see you while your girlfriend is at her mother's house. No, I am not a woman. No, I will not bust it open as you say for a real nigga. And no, I'm not accepting the charges and putting $20 on a collect call so you can talk nasty to me on the phone and have it recorded for everybody in administration to hear. Absolutely not. Leave me the fuck alone. Thanks. Um, That was a lot. And let's go ahead and just hop right into our next segment. Let's keep it going. Alrighty, we are on to the next. Um, This next segment, it's actually been quite a while since we've had it on the show. But due to a surprising amount of popular demand, I've decided to revive Pacific Rim. Um, I'm going to do the best that I can with this because... Woo Lord. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, to start, itsy's most recent comeback, It'sy being the new rookie girl group from JYP, it was I'm trying to be nice. It was not for me, I will say. I could see how it would be catchy and I do like the main dancer. She has a lot of charisma she's a really good dancer, but the song itself, um, to me it's trash and I really don't like where K-pop is going with this really, like, talk-sing type of thing. It really irks me. I get the selling point of it because, like I said, it gets stuck in your head. It's really catchy, all this other stuff, but I don't personally like it. It's not for me. Um, moving on to somebody else who also does a whole lot of talk twice um, Twice's most recent comebacks, Fancy on Korean Soil and then Breakthrough on Japanese Soil, are both... Bobs? um and i'm honestly surprised because i have legit liked none of their comebacks um not i don't think i liked any of them for the entirety of like 2018 and they've all seemed like rushed and like twice is hurrying to try to keep their same momentum in korea even though they have no legit competition domestically um especially since they've now surpassed like SES and Girls Generation as the best-selling girl group of all time in Korea and in a shorter career span than both of them which is a feat like I'm not quite sure why Twice is still having as many comebacks as they are in a year but that's for a different day I think the last song that I really liked from them was Heart Shaker way way back towards the end of 2017 so I I was surprised that I liked not only one, but two twice comebacks back to back. Now, Fancy and Breakthrough are both really like catchy slices of like electroplop with Breakthrough being a little more choppy and poppy with a kind of 80s-ish sound with the synths. Um, Both songs are good. I still need to listen to one of their japanese albums the fancy mini album though oh girl absolutely not i tried i really did fancy is the best and only good song on there in my opinion um next my girl's red velvet finally made a comeback and it was a mess again um like My heart is just breaking currently as I say this. Like I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know if the audio is clipping because the sound of my heart is just like glass on the floor. So Red Velvet had a comeback back in June on the 19th with Zim the title track from their mini album, The Reve or The Reve Festival Day One. Now, I had reservations about this because I was still... Very, very raw from the Really Bad Boy era. Now, don't get me wrong. Really Bad Boy has grown on me a lot. And I actually like that song now. And the mini album is still their best one, in my opinion. But when I first heard that song... I thought it was a fucking mess. I couldn't even go back and listen to it again because it was so all over the place. So when SM started teasing the comeback and releasing audio teasers for the songs on the album, I was like, I don't know. Um, And when the video teaser came out, I was like, I don't know. And I already had a nagging feeling that I was not going to like it. And then the actual actual video came out and, girl, it just... It was just such a mess. I just on the plus side, I did like the video. It was visually stunning. I like the special effects and I feel like it fit the weird quirky aesthetic that Red Velvet is usually trying to go for. Um on the not so plus side, um on the minus side, video um while visually stunning, I feel like there was It was a mess. Honestly, it was just a mess while visually stunning and while I liked the special effects I also feel like it was all over the place it was disjointed and it really kind of reminded me of like Mario Kart 8 on the Switch or on the Wii U and how it was graphically stunning it was a beautiful game but there was also so much going on so much stuff going on on the screen at the same time that it was really it was really hard to appreciate or take in everything that was happening because there was so much the song has grown on me um when i first heard it i was just disappointed all you know all across the board i just i hated it from the very first overzealous "Zimzala bim um and that lazy ass chorus breakdown which really made me mad initially because it was like filling up a balloon halfway and then just letting all the air out it was extremely anticlimactic but it's grown on me now now i read somewhere That They've been sitting on this song or have been sitting on this song since before Russian Roulette came out in 2016. And honestly, I can see it, but I can also hear it like it really reminds me of what SM did um, a couple of years ago, throwing songs that they had been holding on to for years that did sound dated on FX's Four Walls mini album. And it was a mess. It's just it's underwhelming as a title track and it's all over the place. Um, The non-standardness of the structure of the song really reminds me of I Got a Boy in that that song was also all over the place. The drops and the changes um, happen in places that you don't expect. And sometimes that works and sometimes it does not. But again, the song has grown on me after several, several listens. And it's not terrible, but it definitely is towards the bottom of my favorite Red Velvet title tracks. And to me, to add to that, Usually, even if the title track is uh uh-huh, the album tracks usually are there to save the album and they kind of did like they did for they definitely did for re- really bad boy, because if the album tracks had been terrible as well as the title track, I would have wrote that whole entire era off. It would have been terrible. However, the album as a whole was just OK. Like a lot of people were really going off and standing for sunny side up and how it should have been. um uh, the title track, Sunny Side Up is a nice song, um, but it's just okay to me. And I really only like the bridge of the song. Milkshake Milkshake is cute, but it's also forgettable. I do like Bing Bing. I think it's catchy and it's upbeat, um, but I don't find myself like seeking out that song individually. Parade is probably my least favorite song on the album, and I have to be in the exact right mood at the right time with the sun in the particular position in the sky to want to listen to it. LP to me is the best song on the mini album. Like they basically took the We Shot Music, rearranged it, um, put a bump and beat behind it, and turned it into a lit ass song. Like I knew immediately, as soon as that elevator music started, that it was about to fuck me up, and it did. I just I don't know. I I just really want Red Velvet to get it together, um, but Red Velvet and Korea. Don't give a fuck about what I want because they've still somehow won on music shows with this song. And I think this mini album has like surpassed Summer Magic as like their highest selling mini album. I think it might actually be their best selling album, period. Um, individually, not including like repackages. So, Not honestly surprised me because them Zalabim did not do great on charts. It was like number two on Melon for all of a few hours after it was released. And then it was out of the top five within a few hours and then out of the top 10 within a few days. But I don't know. I guess that just means that the general public didn't really care for it, but their fan base is still fairly strong and continuing to grow, which I think is a good thing, especially because as red velvet get closer and closer to the 7 year mark which usually ruins girl groups and boy groups alike i feel like they're going to need continued support from their fan base especially as sm tries to probably phase them out with a new girl group in the coming year so i i do want to say slight slightest smallest shout out to sm for their promotion game this comeback cycle i have no idea why it was this song as a hill that they decided to die on, but they've been really pushing it. Like they released multiple audio teasers, multiple video teasers, a flash mob dance practice video, and a close up mobile video version as of the recording of this, um, all for this comeback. They've really done their best to push this song, even though it hasn't been received great by the general public. So kudos to them in a rare show of appreciation and promotion. It really shows what will happen if you have adequate promotion um, that I you know, I may not display this type of appreciation for them for a long, long time. So good for them. Um, Moving on. Sully, who was a previous member of my fave K-pop girl group FX, recently made her debut as a solo artist with her song Goblin. I think. It may be a part of a mini album with other songs, but I can't find it. Um, So I don't like the song. That's for one. Um, The video and the concept around mental health and different personalities was interesting. And I liked her hair. Um, That was about that was the I think the end of the spectrum in regards to like positive things that I could say about it. Now, I will say I do feel a way in general about the debut um, due to Sully's prior relationship with the public and how she left FX. Now, my feelings are conflicted because on one hand, Sully's departure really started at the beginning of the end for FX and at such an important time for them. I feel like when red, when red light came out, FX's popularity was basically like, it was either at their peak or it was getting really close to their peak. Like they were coming off of the success of pink tape, which is their best selling album. Um, They got 2 million views in 24 hours for the red light video on YouTube. And this was like during a time where it wasn't like now where people are going for 10 million views in a day, 24 million views in a day, 100 million views in a day or however the fuck much it is. Like a million views was still the standard for K-pop videos in 24 hours. So the fact that they got double that was a huge accomplishment, especially for a girl group of all people. So When Sully went on hiatus from group activities, it halted everything. And I don't remember exactly, but they either cleared their promotional schedule for the rest of that month or they stopped it entirely, which essentially had them promote for two to two and a half weeks when a normal promotional cycle is like three to four weeks or even longer, depending on how aggressive the promotion cycle is. So she ended up leaving the next year and it just seemed like there was no regard for the group in any of her decisions. Like I, I used to have a strong dislike for Sully. Like I had a real strong biased look and opinion of her. Um, And I feel like I've dealt with that. I've gotten through that. And now I'm mostly just ambivalent towards her. I don't feel any type of way towards her on the flip side of that though. I do understand that Korean society is very, very harsh on idols, particularly female idols, and that Sully got the brunt of FX's criticism, especially once she started dating dating Choiza, whose ass I also couldn't stand for a good long while. Um, And I can't necessarily blame her for wanting to not be an idol anymore and not wanting to be scrutinized and heavily criticized for every little thing it's just conflicting because you initially said you wanted to focus on being an actor and all that good stuff and wanting to get out of the public eye and live your own life but now you've debuted as a solo artist and you're doing music again and you're getting ready to be thrown into the same public eye with the same people that were criticizing you before i just i don't know child anyway moving on um Last thing that I want to briefly touch on is YG stepping down from all positions at YG entertainment and his brother also no longer being CEO of YG entertainment, which was news to me because I assumed YG was the CEO. Now YG has basically been being hit with like scandals left and right this year. Like the burning sun scandal with Songri, BI from Icon being accused of like soliciting somebody for marijuana and LSD. Um, YG himself being accused of offering prostitution services for executive businessmen. They're trying to say that, um, day I think that's him, um, was running like prostitution services out of a building that he purchased. Just a mess, just a whole bunch of mess. Um, i honestly don't feel bad for him um yg entertainment has been almost as bad as some of these smaller companies with the way that they mismanage and neglect their artists from the way they handle bomb scandal to basically abandon CL in america to flop in silence to lee he being left on the shelf for years on end though i do think she just recently had a comeback finally after like three years i don't like the song um and apparently the nigga sabotaged his wife's idol career just so she wouldn't obtain success and forget about him. So he's been scummy. Like, I don't feel bad for him at all. Just like I don't feel bad for Songri or any of these other male idols or male businessmen who have been getting away with heinous, creepy, disgusting ass stuff at women's expense for years. Lock all these niggas the fuck up. Absolutely all of them. Um, But I think... We've been in the East for a long time. Let's go ahead and move on. Alrighty, y'all. Somehow, some way, we have made it through to the very last segment, um, which is going to be talking points. Now, I may have my foot on the gas a little bit, um, but that's only because I'm really trying to power through this as quick as possible because I have a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead and get into it. First of all, if you haven't seen Mariah Carey's attempt at the bottle challenge, please, please look at it. I started following her on Twitter recently, and she's such a living, breathing meme. I can't stand her. She makes me sick. Um, also congratulations are in order for rapper Lil Nas X, who came out at the enterprise month as a sexual homo. So shout out to him. Um, I feel like that had to take a lot of courage to do, especially in the current climate that we live in. And I know people will swear up and down that the society that we live in is more gay friendly and accepting, but I don't see that when I go outside or when I get on social media. I definitely didn't see that in his mentions. Um, gay representation on tv or in music barely or corporations putting rainbows on their social media in june or you feeling like you see gay people or the gay agenda everywhere hasn't made things safer for lgbt people in real life so i still applaud him for this um and for handling the backlash in ignorance in such an amusing way like He's so funny. I think he tweeted something like, the next nigga to say something offensive to me getting kissed or just because I'm gay don't mean I'm gay. Like, Lil Nas X, he's, he's such a troll. He's, like, really funny as fuck. And low-key cute. Like, he mad young. And I feel very Pied Piperish, very R. Kelly-ish saying that. But... Lil Nas X the slightest bit cute. Just saying. Um, Congratulations are also in order for him as well because I think last week he effectively broke Mariah Carey's 23-year-long record um, for having the longest-running number one in history. It was originally 16 weeks consecutively at number one with One Sweet Day back in 1996 with Boys to Men and. Old Town Road has effectively broken that record as the longest running number one in history with it now being a number one for 17 weeks. Now, the lamb in me, not even—not lamb, I am not a lamb, the stan in me feels some type of way about this because I love Mariah Carey. I feel like she's amazing. I feel like she is music incarnate and One Sweet Day, even though it's not my favorite Mariah Carey song, it's not even in like the top 10, I feel like a lot of other lambs and Um, mariah carey fans felt like it was such a great song to have to hold the record because it is about missing your loved ones and seeing them again it held a message and to have that be the song that held the number one song for the most weeks consecutively at number one it was like i don't necessarily know how to describe it i just think it 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 held a more of a message than say old town road which is basically just a regular pop song about nothing but it's also representative of the fact that it is Billboard Hot 100 is a bunch of pop songs and it would make sense that a popular song would hold the record for that long. And it's hella easy to stream stuff and have it stay at number one for longer nowadays because uh, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm going on a tangent. Congratulations to Lil Nas X. Um, so a few days ago, I think on Midnight Thursday. Um, Not even a few days ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, I think on Midnight Thursday, Beyonce released a surprise companion soundtrack to the Lion King live action remake titled The Lion King, The Gift, or as my sister mistakenly thought I called it, Africa by Beyonce, which took me down all the way down because it is true. It's absolutely true. Um, But Beyonce be knowing because the album was a gift like one. The Lion King remake already has a dedicated soundtrack. So this was wholly unnecessary. And Beyonce was like, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I haven't listened to the full thing yet, but the large majority that I have listened to was good. Like, it's rooted in, like african sounds and afro pop music and you know spoken interludes from different points in the actual movie and while beyonce is at the forefront of a lot of the album it also features like a lot of talented african artists and musicians which i think helps to push the authenticity of the album i just every time beyonce does anything i just have to take an introspective moment and be like I am just so goddamn lazy and undisciplined. Damn, just look at Beyonce. I live. I honestly live and breathe. Um, Moving forward... I was going to talk about ASAP Rocky, but I really don't care to. Y'all can look up why he got arrested in Sweden, which in truth is ridiculous and unjust. But you can also look up the things that he said about Black Lives Matter and the situation in Ferguson a few years ago. Or the stuff he said about dark-skinned black women to see why I and several other black people are just not jumping up to advocate for him. Um, I think he recently got out of jail, at least currently, pending like... I don't know if he's going to go back for trial or whatever. I don't know. I know that he's out. He's no longer in the street, in the Swedish prison. So straight black men, I feel like y'all got this. You can handle this for the duration. I leave it in your hands. You and Donald Trump, help your brother. Um, Moving on. So sometime, I don't even know when. It was several weeks ago, I think. I believe um, Atlantean... That kind of makes it sound like he's from Atlantis. ATL producing icon Jermaine Dupree made a comment in regards to the current climate in female rap. Um, When asked about, I guess, who his favorite female rapper is currently, he basically said there's no real distinction between the current ones and that they all sound like strippers rapping and wanted to know who was going to step up to be the one to be the real rapper. Now, naturally... Social media had a lot of things to say about this and there's been a lot of pushback from female rappers as there should be. Um, Cardi B got her got on her Instagram and commented um, on the reason why she talks about sexually charged things in her music. And it's because she said she's tried to rap about different stuff, more lyrical, emotional content, like, and be careful. And nobody really cares or sees it for stuff like that, unless it's the more sexual ratchet stuff. Um, she also took time to highlight lyrical rappers who are not rapping about sex and being in the club and who are being slapped on and not acknowledged. now. For me, I understand both sides of the argument. For Jermaine's side, I just feel like he used the wrong words to highlight what he wanted to say, which is usually where people go wrong. What he should have said was a lot of current women in mainstream rap sound like strippers rapping. And while I still have an issue with that verbiage, he wouldn't have been entirely wrong. Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Megan, who I love... Cash all the list goes on and on and on they all rap about similar things and fit a similar instagram model aesthetic it's like these titty sitting this ass fat i'll flip a nigga like a stack i'll run his pockets etc all that i don't know why i said etc etc i'm gonna start saying that from now on um <laughs> the only thing that really differentiates them is the quality of the beats in my opinion and flows but those intertwine sometimes too. So Jermaine wasn't entirely wrong. However, I also understand Cardi B and every female rapper's stance on it. One, niggas rap about the same things too all the time and while the question might not have been about male rappers his answer still came across as tone deaf when all the current niggas in the rap game rap about is selling drugs or how they used to sell drugs killing other black people fucking and disrespecting women and how much money they got that's legit it that's it and yeah you do have people in that spectrum of rappers who are able to talk about you know similar stuff but also branch out into deeper topics like a j cole or like a kendrick lamar but i also feel like that's because men are allowed a space that women are not in regards to operating outside of just their sex with women as much as they're chastised judged, and bashed for being sexual in their music it's also expected And it's one of the only lanes they're given in regards to promotion on a bigger platform. If you're not out here shaped like an hourglass and thick as fuck, men don't want to watch your videos. If you're not on records talking about how you're the baddest bitch to ever do it, women and gay men don't want to watch your your videos or listen to your music. It's on everybody. And you can see this with women like Rhapsody, um, Chica, who I just found out about before this happened. And I actually really like her. Um, Tiara Wag and No Name. All these women who kind of go against the grain, who offer something different to the mix. I could also mix in how they're all dark skinned women, but I'm going to just leave that alone because that's a whole different conversation, whole different discussion. Um, I've also received my fill on comment on colorism commentary just from the Chris Brown controversy alone so I'm, I'm good with just leaving that part alone so yeah Jermaine wording is important verbiage is important be specific being specific allows you to close the amount of space that people have to misunderstand you it's really important just saying um and lastly A few weeks ago, Disney announced that Holly Bailey of singing-ass sister duo Chloe and Holly would be playing the lead role as Ariel in the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid, which I didn't even know was happening until that was announced. Like, Honestly, I was surprised, but pleasantly. Holly has a beautiful voice, and you can hear the classical training in it when she sings, and the control as well. Both of her and her singing-ass sisters they, they just be singing, both her and her sister be singing. So I assumed there was gonna be backlash from the cast from the casting because black, but the level of backlash, I was not prepared for. People are really, or were, well, people were and are really upset that they casted this girl as Arrow. They were really, really mad. Like there was backlash on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and more importantly, in my friend groups on Facebook. I almost had to unfriend some people. Um, People had hashtag Ariel trending on Twitter. Somebody made a Facebook group called Christians Against the Little Mermaid that had over 100,000 people in it. Um, Little side note on that. I and several other black people successfully infiltrated that group and turned it upside down in a matter of days before they effectively purged all the black people out as a collective. But before that, every single manner of insensitive racist mess you could think of that has or hasn't been said or done was in that group. It was disgusting, but it was also boring because as a black person. I've seen all that already. Now I, I I just, I wish people would troll better. Now I want to discuss people's varying issues with the casting, but I also want to talk about something lovely T who's a very popular YouTube and social commenter on YouTube said in one of her videos that kind of presented it in a way that I had not thought of. So she made a comparison with the casting of one of the characters named Shauna in the gym and the Holograms live action movie a few years back, which I don't even remember happening. Um, and the controversy that was around the casting that they did of a lighter skin, racially ambiguous, ambiguous woman to play um, Shana when Shayna was originally darker skinned in the cartoon. And while I did roll my eyes the slightest at the comparison, I did get her point. And I can understand the viewpoint of people who wanted to see a live action redheaded um, white Ariel. I get it. It'd be like if they did a live action remake of Spirited Away, please don't. Please stay far away from Studio Ghibli Movies Hollywood. Um, And suddenly Chihiro was white. Um, Or suddenly Chihiro was black. However, my understanding kind of sort of fizzled out shortly after that, because sadly enough, I could definitely see Hollywood getting their hands on Chihiro and making her white. Because Hollywood already has a history of whitewashing characters and still putting out the material, even if it's terrible. Like, were y'all mad when Hollywood made Goku some white ass bro dude in the Dragon Ball Evolution um video, the video movie, which was terrible? Um, were y'all mad when Hollywood took all the people of color in avatar the last airbender and made them white for the movie which was fucking terrible were y'all mad when hollywood decided to take um a largely majority white cast and insert them into gods of war what is it not gods of war gods of egypt or some other horrible ass movie that was also set in egypt called exodus gods and kings even though egypt was like a largely mixed of mix of race and ethnicities at that time were y'all mad about that Were y'all upset when Jake Gyllenhaal played as um, Prince of Persia? Hell, were y'all mad when Elizabeth Taylor's ass played Cleopatra? No. So I'm expected in this instance to give a fuck about y'all being mad about this. Am I supposed to care? Because it happened to one of y'all's white faves. It's an issue. To you. Anyway, I want to address two other complaints that I have seen people making. Um, in regards to people saying, well, what if we took Tiana or T'Challa from Black Panther? I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right and made them white. First of all, I'm tired of seeing this dumbass, weak ass argument. But here's the difference. One, T'Challa's story is intricately tied in him being a black African because y'all love to throw white Africans out whenever you can. You love to mention them um, living in an uncolonized Africa it would make no sense for him to be played by a white person because his character has ties to both blackness and his country. And I've been seeing a lot of mention on how Ariel is Danish and based on Danish folklore as a way to imply that her story is tied to her culture and she couldn't be anything but white girl. One, the original author doesn't even make mention of race or ethnicity in the original story. Y'all don't even know the subject matter Two. 80% 80% of y'all didn't even know the story is based off Danish folklore, folklore until you looked it up online or until you saw somebody else say it online. Why is that? Because in the Disney film, none of that was highlighted or tied to Ariel's character at all. And in Tiana's case, if y'all casted a white person to play her, um, people would be mad because she's legit the only black princess. And she wasn't even black for half of the film. But whatever. Ariel is one of several white princesses that y'all will still have to get your representation from. What is the problem? Another ig- another ignorant argument that I've seen is Hollywood is pandering to black people and they don't actually care about representation and also that black people should stop appropriating white culture. All right, girl. And create original characters instead of essentially putting a black face on an established white one. Now, do I believe Hollywood is pandering to black people with this? girl absolutely of course what um just like they're pandering to everybody child hollywood doesn't care about anybody you're gonna tell me that hollywood hasn't been pandering to white people for decades by putting them in roles in places in civilization where they wouldn't normally occur and it isn't pandering also I agree that it'd be better for black people to create more original characters than just tacking them onto white ones. However, that's hard to do when one, anytime black characters are created, added or included in anything, any form of media, people see it as some type of political statement, affirmative action or identity politics as if black people don't just exist in any capacity outside of slavery and Jim Crow, Jim Crow and two black characters a large majority of the time aren't seen as feasible and something that executives want to put money behind to support and push, which would make it extremely difficult to create said characters and a lot don't say it, but I know people see black movies and content come out and legit be like, that's that black shit or it's a black person movie and they won't go see it. Not going to lie though. I do say sometimes that seems like a movie for white people. Um, But I watch whatever I like, regardless of who it's originally intended for. However, everybody isn't like that. So taking black characters and sliding them on characters with established fan bases, as slimy as you may think it is, is the easiest way to attempt to drag a profit out of it without full on alienating their current fan base. So that's that on that for me. Also, I really want y'all to stop saying Ariel can't be black because black people don't have red hair and that this is taken away from representation for gingers. First of all, girl, shut the fuck up. Like, I. Y'all really just be on the Internet saying whatever, doing whatever and sounding dumb for free. And I, it's so aggravating. I've said this before. Don't be stupid on the Internet for free. If you're going to be dumb, at least be getting paid for it. At least have somebody sliding direct deposit or some form of check into your account if you're going to be so stupid. One, Ariel's hair is fucking crimson red. You know who has natural crimson red hair? No fucking body. Black, white, or otherwise, nobody's hair naturally looks like that without a wig or a dye. Also, you can get the fuck out of my face with the fake outrage for gingers because y'all don't actually care. And even if you did, I'm 100% sure Brave is a movie that happened that features Merida, another white princess who actually has hair with a natural ginger color. So the gingers y'all love and cherish so much and want to protect still have their representation. Like, just shut up. Be honest and call it what it is. You're tired of seeing black people in these roles. You're tired of hearing about racism. You're tired of feeling like white people are blamed for everything. Talk to your people, girl. Only y'all can fix that. And it just annoys you to see it, period. But y'all are just going to have to be mad, especially because Disney released a statement in support of the casting. And while I might not be leaving my house to see it, I definitely will be streaming it when it comes out. So in essence, be mad, stay mad, die mad, casket ready, bitch. I hope they spray paint holes was mad across your tombstone so everybody can know how you lived your life mad and I'm done um let's go ahead and wrap this up dumbass idiots Alright, y'all we have effectively made it to the end of the show i wanted to say thank you for tuning into another episode of reckless digest um, It has been a really, really long time since my last episode, and I really appreciate any and everybody who actually reached out in the span of my hiatus to ask where the next episode was to see what was going on with it. Even if I told you to mind your goddamn business, I really appreciate y'all for attempting to hold me to task. The next episode, I want to say, is going to be out no later than August 19th. Um, I'm going to try to start holding myself to a semi-schedule just so that... I don't get bogged down with life and my depression and have to take another hiatus. Also, I would like for the things that I talk about to preferably happen in the same month so that they're a little bit more fresh. So we're going to try to get this on like a bi-weekly schedule. like So two shows a month or once every two weeks. That's the plan. So look forward to it. Also, really quick, I want to say rest in peace to all of the victims affected in the El Paso shooting and the Dayton, Ohio shooting. I think that's where it happened. There are two huge mass shootings, not even 24 hours apart. This country is scary. And the amount of people that I see trying to gloss over this and not make it a gun issue, I just, that's something completely different. I don't have time in this closing to talk about it. Um. But anyway, thank y'all again for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to download the podcast episode. If you're listening on a platform outside of Anchor, if you're listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anything like that, be sure to download the episode. That's how I track my listens and you can delete it right afterwards. Um, And until next time um my contact list looks like the yellow pages i do not say these niggas names i remember faces and i ain't fucked you in a minute why you still claiming but if you ever hit wade give me the mic back wade